So it's Holy Week. Uh, and on Thursday, we have this celebration called Monday Thursday. And it is where we commemorate Jesus' words and actions. The actions are uh, to uh, show service through foot washing. And the commandment is, let us love one another. And it f- flows in John uh, 13. And I have this uh, uh, included, this scripture passage, a uh, link included in our, in our notes here. But what I wanted to do on this Holy Week is to share some thoughts about Monday, Thursday. Uh, you'll find uh, John 13 in part of an extended conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples around uh, Passover supper table. Uh, so disciples are there, probably friends are there as well. I don't know if uh, we think that Leonardo da Vinci has us, you know, just with the disciples, but Passover was always a big table, lots of folks gathered around the table. So we don't know if it was just the disciples or more, but picture this sense of a whole lot of stuff going on in the city and the table is full and the reading records that Jesus left the table to wash his disciples' feet. And then he returns to the table to continue a farewell discourse. And if we skip ahead uh, in John's gospel, when we get to the Easter proclamation, John 20, in verse 19, it has these strange words. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They had gone back to the, quote, house where just a few days before they had had the Passover meal. It's the house where Jesus had washed their feet and called them his friends, where they had shared bread and wine, the house that had the upper room, to the room with the table, which was their last gathering place. And I'm bringing in here as sort of a conversation partner, the work of Diana Butler Bass and her observations, which are an inspiration for what I'm gonna say. Because Bass writes, if you're writing a play about Holy Week and Easter, and if you were to block the scenes, it would be this, it would be table, there'd be trial, and based upon the gospel passages, it has different various locations, All of them have cross, all of them have tomb, burial, tomb, resurrection, and then table. The table is the first setting, and it's the final setting of the table, uh, final setting of the story, sorry. And indeed, when the disciples want to meet Jesus again the next week, they return again to the upper room to meet him at the table. And what Bass says is, quote, they never return to the cross. And this is something I confess that I've never noticed before. Have you? That Jesus never takes them back to the site of the execution. He never gathers his followers at Calvary. She says he never points to the blood-stained hill and never instructs them to meet him there. He never valorizes the events of Friday. I find it interesting. Whenever we go through a hard time, isn't it the case that we tend to want to glorify, oh, well, that was a challenge but I rose to the occasion. But he never takes them back to that or never shows, hey, here was the moment where I really really stuck it. He never mentions the events of Friday. Yes, wounds remain, but how he got them isn't mentioned. Instead, almost all the post-resurrection appearances, she says, 
which are joyful and celebratory and conversational, take place at the upper room table or at other tables and meals. So we have this sense of table, trial, cross, tomb, 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 table. And all of which leads Bass, inspired by the work of somebody I'm going to mention shortly, to raise this thought-provoking question, what if the table is the point? Every Holy Week, she continues, Christians move toward Good Friday as the most somber, somber and most significant day of the year. And depending on your tradition, you may practice Friday sitting in silence. You may reference a cross. You may have the stations of the cross. You may listen to a sermon. You may recite the seven last words. You may fast. Whatever it may be, you may weep. You may sing mournful hymns. You may feel the weight of injustice. It's Friday's a very sobering business, keeping watch with the execution of an innocent man. And for centuries, Christians have been told that everything changed that day, that the cross was the bridge between the sinful world and the world of salvation. The cross is all that matters, she says. Somber, yes. And we know somber right now in Nashville. It feels like we are still in Good Friday. And as I share these remarks on this Monday, Thursday, we feel like it's the most somber of days. But in terms of the events of Holy Week, what if it isn't the most significant day? She says, what if the most significant day was the day before, the day of foot washing and the supper, the day of conviviality and friendship, the day of Passover and God's liberation? And then she asked, what if we've gotten this week's emphasis wrong? Because Jesus loved meals. Um, the disciples knew that. They had so many together. And if, if you've watched The Chosen, notice how many scenes take place around food and around table. And you go back through the Gospels and you see how many of the stories take place uh, at tables where there's distributing food or inviting people to supper. Indeed, some have suggested that Jesus's primary work was organizing suppers as a way to embody the coming kingdom of God. And throughout his ministry, Jesus welcomed everyone to the point of contention with his critics to, uh, to the table. Uh, tax collectors, sinners, there's you know, tax collectors, Matthew, there's sinners, there's Mary Magdalene, there's women, there's Gentiles, the poor, faithful Jews, and ones less so. And Jesus was sloppy with supper, supper invitations, uh, 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 Diana Butler Bass says. He never thought about who would be seated next to whom. He made the disciples crazy with his lax ideas about dinner parties, about procuring food, and about table etiquette, about how do you um, observe what was uh, understood to be standard at the time. All he wanted was for everybody to come and to be at the table and to share food and conversation. And so, uh, again, meals, suppers, the supper that we remember on Monday, Thursday, were all thought to be manifestations of the kingdom of God. It was a symbol of God's generosity, hospitality, radical welcome. There wasn't one supper, but many suppers that inaugurated the inbreaking and real presence of the kingdom of God. But as... Um, Beatrice Petro uh, says, I think I got that right here, uh, Brutro says in a book that she wrote back in 2005, uh, she, uh, she said, uh, there wasn't one supper, but many suppers, 
And it's the Last Supper we remember this evening, the Last Supper of the old world, the old order, and the first feast of the kingdom of God that is both here and coming. Jesus gives us a table and extends to us a boundary-breaking invitation of radical openness, inviting us to participate in the life of God by participating in the life of the Son, end quote. And then she goes on to say, that at this table, we come to see that the Lamb of God is our friend. Again, John 13. A friend who becomes a servant, one who serves. He washes our feet. He washes the feet of Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. He washes the feet of Simon Peter, the denier. And he provides a rich feast, a meal of liberation of Exodus out of the old way into the new way. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. And no longer do I call you servants, but I call you my friend. When we sit with this, when we really sit with this, our perceptions of ourselves and of God and of who we are in God shift. And we realize that we too have been invited to sit at table in the kingdom of God with our Lord, who is also our friend. And Boutrou, who I put in her book in the liner notes, suggests that when we contemplate and really allow all that the table symbolizes and means to sink into our souls, that we will see Jesus not only as Lord, Dominus in Latin, as well as something else, Amicus, meaning friend. And at the Lord's table, our friend's table, we come to see our neighbors as friends. And we are formed and reformed in a new community that can change the world. That comes to mind as I think back of the events of the last seven to 10 days in Nashville, where on the evening of March 26, we gathered around, uh, the movie about the friendship between Tutu and the Dalai Lama, Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama in Mission Joy. And then that next day, we gathered around the pain of the tragedy here in Nashville. And in that, what has flowed has been a whole lot of division and feelings of grief and anger and fear that has uh, taken off in many different forms and manifestations. But we're here in Holy Week. We're here moving towards the story of Easter. And we need to see our lives and the story of Holy Week through the lens of Thursday, the table of friends. There's a last stanza in this song. My song is Love Unknown, and it comes to mind. It reads, here might I stay and sing, no story so divine, never was love, dear king, never was grief like thine. This is my friend in whose sweet praise I all my days could gladly spend, in whose sweet praise we all our days could gladly spend. Let us find our seat at the table and then let us keep walking towards the kingdom. Amen.